Morning, church. I'm back. Do, 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 do. Sort of. Um, this is a strange season, so we get to figure it all out online together. Um, this morning, um, I really just felt um, through this whole time through COVID that the Lord's been leading us through Song of Songs, me personally, but there's something for um, the heartbeat of this community. But um, I wanted to kind of point a direction probably for us as a community of how he wants to lead us out. And we've already been touching on it. I know Amy spoke um, a couple of weeks ago on surrender and she talked about a child in place to be birthed you know when they're in the womb and how their head has to sit and get ready and i feel there's a positioning for us as a community and so this morning i want to give a direction i want to show the door and i want to encourage a position for us to take surrender massively being part of it as amy emphasized but almost structurally how we're going to do that as a community over the next few weeks so possibly not um a teachy time this morning but it's a direction time and then we're going to follow through in the next couple of weeks with um with journeying together through it and so therefore within your life hubs and just with online things that we do and more um, we'll be teaching and expanding on this with you we're learning with you we're coming into the unknown with you um, so I hope this rests right with your spirit thank you for always trusting us as leadership as we follow where we feel the Lord is calling us to go and so here it is as usual we're fasting no, I'm kidding I'm not kidding but we're fasting. Um, normally, we corporately fast June, July, don't we? Um, to sort of tip over the middle of the year. Um, <laughs> but I just felt there was something, it's a posture thing. And fasting is always great because um, for a lot of us, especially anyone who's been joining in the prayer room in the leadership format, we're learning a lot about transitioning or crossing thresholds or coming into, and a lot of that's to do with how you posture yourself in humility and in honor. And so obviously we teach that within our life hubs and we encourage it in our relationships. But anytime there is a movement moving forward, glory to glory, whatever it might be, there's a posture of humility and a posture of honor. And so I knew that the Lord wanted us to do a fast. And in the past, I think the last fast we did, we did the bridegroom fast, which was journeying through Song of Songs together. And it was out of that, that he is gone and we long for him, even though we have him. Desire for more of Jesus, for a deep, um, even that deep sorrow where you miss him. And it seems sad, but there's that deep joy knowing that you have a greater connection with him and the longing for him. Beautiful time. We have content still on YouTube of the teaching over that time. And we did the bridegroom groom fast and though I still want to include an element of song of songs that we've stuck on over the last few weeks if you've been tracking with the prayer room sets um, song of songs 8 is the one we've sort of sat on which is the end of song of songs not finishing verses but it's the end and really the power of song of songs is the whole thing but just the posture of what the bride, us, gets to and what the bridegroom asks of us, which is the end time church, where it sits at the end is really powerful. And so I want to include that in this fast. But personally, and I always feel there's a prophetic in what the Lord's leading me through in my life, I felt the Lord say ah, that we're going to come out and even if it's in seed form or a cracking of the egg reality, 
we're going to start hitting the destiny that's on this church to some degree. And every church has a vein and a stream. And I believe the body is very broad and it should be. You know, the, the Lord is unfathomable. He has so many dimensions. And so there's going to be diversity through the church and it's wonderful. But there's also an appointed thing that um, almost gets a heavier weight in a church. And I feel this is on ours. It always has been. But there's a a rebirthing for some who have had to almost step back and go into a time of healing and a renewing for a lot of people of the real deep cry. And I think this will resonate with a lot of you, what the Lord's asking us to sort of pursue in our fasting time. I think it'll resonate and it might terrify. <laughs> and that terrify is good. I think what the Lord asks us to do and the dreams that He puts on our hearts should be too big and beyond our capacity and and can really echo things that have been hard in the past, but it gets um, kind of gets your gumption and it pulls in all the tools that we've learnt from, from our healing and our journeying it together and loving each other and loving on the Lord. And we start to really appropriate it and place it and recognise what the awakened end time church looks like, what that bride looks like, that Proverbs 31 that they always used to describe the perfect woman. It's, it's, it's actually the end time bride that's what it's describing and it's that woman who puts the hand to the plow it's the woman who is in ministry at his feet through the night but it's also the woman who reaches out and puts her hand on the wheels of government and there's influence that we're called to have we are called to be an influence to this nation and the nations and song of songs even talks about how the bridegroom talks about the bride the church and says that he spreads her out like a table and he calls the nations to come and feast on her so there's something for the church to give beyond what we are doing that is healing and ministering to each other and to the Lord. There is something more that feels beyond us, but I think he can enlarge our capacity and he can stretch open the tent and he can extend those tent pegs. And so there's a ministry and we know it. I think we've just been incredibly faithful to the healing he's asked us to do. And so if this gives you a bit of a scare, <laughs> it shouldn't spin you back to square one. It's the scare that helps you go, oh, I remember this feeling of fear and what I learned in my prayer ministry or you can verbalize it and talk about it. But I think daunting is also a good sign. I think it means this is in God's box of an idea, not mine. And I get to discover him and discover his whole plan all along. And he gets to be big. And I get to find this incredible journey of yielding to be very rewarding because he shows up. So here's my direction. Comma, sip your coffee, eat your biscuit. Okay. I'm going to read the Bridegroom Fast Song of Song 8 because I want to keep this as a very important focus and also kind of the grace that keeps you going through the rest of the things that we're going to do or focus on in the fast. Now, the Song of Songs, verse 8, I'm going to go for verse 5. This is the Bridegroom King. And I've read this out in the prayer room a few times. So have the others. It's really amazing how we've really all felt emphasis in this. And it says, who is this one? Look at her now. Her meaning the church, not just women. Look at her now. She arises out of her desert clinging to her beloved. Oh, that would be so boasting in his strength and not intimidated or ashamed of our weakness. We have come through and we're clinging to him. When I awakened you under the apple tree, the place of deep grace and mercy, as you were feasting upon me, I awakened your inmost being with the travail of birth. Are we ready? As you longed for more of me, that needs to be the reason that we do anything. There's that we're doing it out of a longing and a love for more of Jesus. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. 
This living, consuming flame will seal you as a prisoner of love. Oh, there's so much to just dwell on on these scriptures, and we're going to go through this in-depthly through the fast. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Wear this fierce love. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire and that burns within you. That's the tumbling and the chaos that some of us have felt in the swirl of what we've been going through. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. We remain confident and steadfast. Continuing on, it says, everything will be consumed. Think about what's on the inside, all the blockages, the fears, the frustrations, um, the relational breakdowns, everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. That last sentence is huge. Until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore. Very powerful statement. And we're going to focus on this stuff. Again, I'm semi-dumping Uh, point of view, but I'm not going to do a lot of teaching. We're going to do that together. We're going to discover it together. But this is a focus of one of the days, but generally it's the grace and the pursuit throughout the whole fast. What I felt led to, as I was saying about um, the Proverbs 31 bride and who we're called to be, the ones who sow and plow. And really there's a working, not not working as an, oh, I'm tired working, but there's an action and there's a living in truth of what we say and believe in our worship and in our songs. And you know, there's that scripture that says that we worship him in spirit and truth. That's what he delights in. And it just led me to Isaiah 58, again from the Passions Translation, but we will look at different translations throughout the week. Worship in truth. And then he talks about a fast that is the worship in truth fast. What a cool Focus to actually know your action that partners with your passion. Isn't that important? I love seeing the action that the Lord delights in and the heart posture that the Lord delights and not just, I think we can get caught up in intimacy with Him and actually miss out what it looks like as an outworking in our lives. And so then we tend to spend um, forever wanting to minister to Him one way. And I'm a big Mary at His feet woman. You know that. I love the ministry, the song. And I don't mean that we uh, become the Martha and call it the same thing. It's not what I'm saying. But there's an outworking of seeing his feet wherever you go. And there's a way that you minister that is a pouring out of your whole soul wherever you go. And that has to be a work of him. Just like worshiping at his feet is a work of him. So I'm going to read Isaiah 58. I'll just dump that on you. Um, I might go through, this is a pretty intense scripture, um, and I think we're a community that's come to appreciate, I think, and mature into valuing and rejoicing in the gift of repentance. And so obviously within this fast, I think some of the responsibility we will have is repenting and meditating on some things, taking responsibility for some things. But what I love about Isaiah 58 is it points out um, actually five 
points, that are areas that we need to focus on as an action, as in do this, get your heart right in this area, um, check this or refrain from doing that. But then it's a double portion. There's 10 different blessings and promises in the Lord within the same scripture as an outcome from the actions, the worship and truth that he's asking us to pursue. So let's go through this together, okay? The scriptures should come up. Isaiah 58, shout it loud and clear, don't hold back. This is the Passion Translation. Let your voice be like a trumpet blast. Declare to my people their rebellion and to Jacob's tribe their sin. I'm wanting to give some content, okay? Yes, daily they seem to seek me, pretending that they delight to know my ways as though they were a nation that does what is right and had not rejected the law of their God. It's very easy to think that this is about Israel only and it doesn't apply to our lives. We need to look that we're not people who pursue the word of God and pursue his presence, but we're not actually appropriating the heart check, okay? They ask me to show them the right way, acting as though they are eager to be close to me. They say, why is it that when we fasted, you did not see it? And we starved ourselves and you didn't seem to notice. Because on the day you fasted, says the Lord, you were seeking only your own desires and you continue to exploit your workers. There's footnotes to explain some of these phrases and you can go through them when we journey in this together. During your fasts, you quarrel and fight with others and strike them with an angry fist. When you fast like that, your voice will not be heard on high. Do you think I'm impressed with this kind of fast? Is it just a day to starve your bodies? Make others think you're humble. Mm. Do you you just lie down in sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes, which is like a mourning and grieving posture? You know, I long for Jesus. Look at me, I'm in suffering. I just long for him. So there's an actual action of longing for him and deep pursuit of him. But sometimes he's asking us to do a heart check of, have you done the sacrifice of the worship and truth part? Um, this is a bit like the balance of intimacy and fear of the Lord. This is like when you worship the Lord, do you worship in spirit and truth? There's always this beautiful paradox and tension. And many churches will argue one's more important than the other. It's very common. And aren't we beautiful kids of Jesus? But this is where I love to pursue the checkpoints in my heart because I love pouring my heart out before him in ministry. And there's seasons where those places are very deep and other places are shallow. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But then he, as he matures us, he calls us out into pouring out Um, in the truth bucket to make sure that we haven't actually deceived ourselves even in the secret place. Isn't that scary? Do you call that a fast? Do you think I, Yahweh, will be pleased with that? So here it is. This is the worship and truth. Verse six from Isaiah 58. This is the kind of fast that I desire. Remove the heavy chains of oppression. Stop exploiting your workers. Set free the crushed and mistreated. Break off every yoke of bondage. I think part of that you can already feel in our community with everything that we've pursued with Elijah House. There's something where we understand of breaking off bondages. And um, we also call people accountable in their marriages and in their relationships. We're we're a much more call it out community. But this is broader than that. This is, um, it is that. And if your journey is new here, it'll apply to those things. Simply your marriage, your own heart, your relationship with your children, your your relationship with the Lord and with your singular, singular life. There is so much that um, the Lord will refine and go, is this worship and truth? But it keeps going. It says, share your food with the hungry. Provide for the homeless and bring them into your home. Clothe the naked and don't turn your back on your own flesh and blood. 
then my favour, let's look at this promise, then, then my favour will bathe you in sunlight until you are like the dawn bursting through a dark night. What a cool promise, eh? And then suddenly, this is a very interesting line, and then suddenly your healing will manifest. So this worship and truth, pr- pr- this worship and truth produces our own healing. It'll like, as in, we're obviously experiencing the healing of the Lord because of how we're being responsible in that journey with the Lord, but it begins to manifest. People start to see these are a healed people. What an incredible declaration for those around us when they can look at you and go, you are whole. So it starts to manifest. You will see your righteousness march out before you and the glory of God will protect you from all harm. Hallelujah. Then Yahweh will answer you when you pray. And when you cry out for help, He will say, I am here. Here's some more direction for, from God for worshiping Him in truth. If you banish every form of oppression, the scornful accusations and the vicious slander, that is so to do with our speech about each other, about politics, about society, about life, about ourselves. And if you offer yourselves in compassion, offer yourselves. Offer yourselves, not your 20 cents. Offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry and relieve those in misery. This is a really giving of your life. Then look at the promise. Then your dawning light will rise in the darkness and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. Yes, it's a double brightness. It's a double portion. Yahweh will always guide you where to go and what to do. Isn't that what we long for, His guidance? So many times through Scripture we see this promise and we'll take it and we'll go, look, Jesus says He will guide me where to go and what to do. And we read it out of context where if you read this whole thing in context, He says, if you do this, then I will do that. And it's so important to read these things in context because we can get so disillusioned and disappointed with the Lord when He's already shown us the way to enter into these promises. So Yahweh will guide you where to go and what to do, and He will fill you with refreshment. Even when you are dry or in a difficult place, He will continually restore strength to you. Oh, I love that. It's as if you need to put yourself in the most vulnerable place and then He will pour into you the supernatural strength that you desire for even in your normal day. That's ridiculous. It is very upside down, zero self-protective, self-preserving way to live. And it goes against every grain in my body. I'm a very logical person, but this has been so exciting to lean into, to go, but this is the mystery way of Jesus. Even in your daily life, this is the mystery path. And we miss Him. We miss that constant fellowship with Him, but we click in and out throughout the day. And I think a lot of it is to do with how much we are um, pouring out or we're self-preserving. Whoo! There's wisdom. Just keep leaning in. There's levels of wisdom according to your healing. So just keep leaning into this, okay? He will continually restore strength to you so you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. Wow. Your people will rebuild long-deserted ruins, building anew on foundations laid long before you. That's exactly what we're doing right now here at the Paradox Property. You will be known as repairers of the cities and restorers of communities. How many prophetic words have we had on that? 
This is a promise to us and there is a doorway into it, okay? Then it goes on to say, treat the Sabbath as holy, which we've taught on a bit before, but really recognizing that culture has determined Sabbath as a rest day where you can go fishing and have a beer and I'm not bagging that. But the idea of the Sabbath was to pause and reflect and remember and rejoice in the Lord for all he's done that week and rest upon his goodness and his ability to take you through it and to be our protector our protection, our guide, our provider. It is a place of deep worship and thanks. That's what the Sabbath is for. Um, Beer or no beer, it's actually about Jesus. The focus of the Sabbath is completely about finding rejuvenated strength and hope and excitement for the next week because we've celebrated everything he's done and, and reflected on it and remembered it on that day of Sabbath. Together. Good, good point. Good old cultural dynamics that can make that a bit confusing. Um, So, I wanted to introduce what we felt to do. And this fast for our community would go from um, the Monday, 25th of May, and we would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, gather online. Sunday is, um, Sunday 31st of May is actually Pentecost. So it's an awesome time to gather as a Sabbath and remember Jesus and celebrate all he's done that week and what we've positioned and meditated and learnt. And and then we'll break fast that day. So on that lunchtime after our gathering, we'll be able to break fast that day. Now, some of you struggle to think of the concept of even not eating for a day. This is something you can chat with your friends and obviously with the Holy Spirit and decide on what to do together. But my encouragement, as you'll see from the chart that we'll put up, is that the Saturday, so that'll be the 30th before the Sunday, 31st. So the Saturday is the day where everyone attempts to do a no food because it's still important to do the sacrifice of your comfort physically in your surroundings. And I think that is essential. And so we're going to keep that Saturday for the bridegroom where we focus on Song of Song 8 and we do no food. But if you want to do the whole week no food, do the whole week. But the Monday, we're going to focus on an action or repentance, a posture of heart that's described in Isaiah 58. And we're going to focus on two of the blessings and promises that go with that. So each day we'll have one action and two blessings and there'll be our meditation. There'll be our place of communion with Brad and we'll be able to discuss it together in our life hubs and pods. And we get to meditate on one thing and action it. Find a way in repentance or find a way in setting something up in your lifestyle, but we're going to action these things um, as a worship in truth through this fast. So it's actually like an alignment of ourselves getting into posture to go through that door. Does that sound okay? So I'll just go through these, but don't worry. Each day you'll get them. They're going to be before you. They'll be sent out to them. So you don't have to, you don't have to remember it just from this teaching, well, introduction. Okay. So for example, Monday, which will be Monday 25th of May, You'll have action. This is straight from Isaiah 58. I need to point out that this this whole section is even just within the footnotes of the Passion Translation under the K footnote. And he introduces this little footnote with the five qualifications of last day's ministry. So as in Ephesians 4, that we're equipped for ministry. That's all of us. This is the five qualifications for the last day ministry, that's all of us, what we're going to do, they're found here. These are the things that qualify us for ministry. This is what we need to do. And then these are the 10 promises and the multiple, so the double portion that comes from it. Monday, one, commit to banish every form of oppression in our lives, 
churches and society. Commit to banish every form of oppression in our lives, churches and society. What a focus, what a goal and what an intentionality to be driven by that. Then we have the promise and the blessing. We'll talk about what this looks like, don't worry, as we journey with you. The promise and the blessing. One, our spiritual light, our influence will increase in our communities. Discouragement and gloom will disappear from our lives. Wow, great promises. We're going to meditate on that, teach on it, discuss it, and then we're going to move to Tuesday. Here's our action and repentance. Remove scornful accusation, criticism, of others and their ministries. There's so much. I'm so tempted to dig into these, but I feel it's important just to introduce them and we're going to dig in them together each day. Then you have your promise and your blessing. God will give us specific guidance and counsel to know what to do and where to go. He will fill us with renewing grace, even when we are surrounded by difficult situations. All right, and then we have Wednesday. This is our action and repentance. Forbid to spread malicious slander. Woohoo, it's going to be so much fun. Here's our promise or blessing. Our spiritual lives will flourish like a lush garden with fruit and beauty. And we will not cease to be an ever-flowing source of blessing to others. Amen. I'm so excited by this. It burns me in a good way. It's the fire we wear and the fire that purifies us, right? Thursday. Here's our action, our repentance. Have compassion for the poor and disenfranchised. Remembering in the scripture that our compassion leads us to offer ourselves. Okay? Have compassion for the poor and the disenfranchised. And then we have our blessing and our promise, we will be given God's grace to rebuild lives and institutions in our cities, churches, and nations. We will take up the legacy of our spiritual fathers and build on their foundations. There is so much weight that becomes about legacy and generational building that comes into this when we have compassion for the poor and the disenfranchised, when we take up um, this response of worship in truth. And then we have Friday. Here is our place of repentance and our place of action. Comfort those enduring suffering and tragedy. Now, some of us have actually really leaned into this. We journey with a lot of each other when we're in our own suffering and tragedy. It's a powerful time and there'll be need of that even on this day to continue to do that with each other. But it goes broader than that. There are people around us. Um, as I've put my hand to the wheel of government, I've recognized a whole new world and ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is irresponsibility and the church has a place and a voice. We cannot use denial when it comes to what's going on in our own country or down our street any longer for a place for us to find peace. We need to find the Lord in the midst of knowing what is going on around us. So we've got comfort those enduring suffering and tragedy. And then the promise or the blessing is we will have a testimony of healing cities. We can do this, guys. We can do this with Jesus. It's not impossible. And then two, we will restore well-being to our communities. Amen. That's what we're talking about. We already are doing this, but it goes broader than our own bubble. Yeah. And I know some of us are like, I only have energy for my bubble. Jesus has energy for the nations. Yeah. We need to wear Jesus. 
And then Saturday, we're going to focus on Song of Songs 8. That's when we do the full food fast. If you don't feel you can do it throughout the week. So all of us on that Saturday, Song of Songs 8. And we're going to pray for the greater fire, for the powerful love of God. We're going to place it over our whole bodies and continually yield to it. And the promise or the outcome of this is the fire will stop at nothing. It doesn't find things too hard or too difficult, or too big. This fire will stop at nothing and it will seem as though it's no longer a sacrifice. We will have capacity because of the fuel of this fire. And that feels very different to what you think it might feel like. It's a tenderness. It's a compassion that outweighs cost. It's really powerful. And then Sunday, we have Pentecost Sunday, which is so exciting. And we have our Sunday gathering, yes, online, but we get to break the fast together and have lunch. But we're going to treat that Sunday as holy. We're going to welcome the fire of God. We're going to be expectant and we're going to celebrate all that He's done. We're going to reflect on the week and the goodness and the nature of Jesus and how faithful He is and call Him beautiful. And obviously, the promise and the blessing is we get to eat and we also get to drink in Jesus in a whole new way as we've positioned ourselves to receive him in spirit and truth. Does that sound okay? I know it's almost, it's very confronting, but I feel the double portion of blessing and promises sort of softens the blow. Um, for me, it becomes the joy step before me and it's way more exciting. I also feel his way is the wise way. Um, duh. But I have found in surrendering to what he's asked of me, not as a slave to a master in a dishonoring way, but as a prisoner of love, trusting him, I have found I've come to know myself and know him in me and what he's actually designed me for. And I don't think I would have found it if I hadn't obeyed. So I feel like he's going to reveal actually what we're capable of and what he's calling us into as we kind of go, oh my gosh, this is scary, but you're so good and I want you and I want your destiny over my own desire of what I think my destiny would be. I want your destiny and it'll be way scarier than your idea of your own destiny. And he will feel it. He'll soften you and you'll transition and you'll have hard days. But um, we get to do this all together and we get to see what this looks like as we, um, we posture ourselves for the seed that he wants to sow in our community. And I think he's watering some of the seeds that have already been there and are growing and we're going to see some things sprout out of the ground and other things are going to be plopping good fruit out of trees and we're going to recognize a lot of the work the Lord's been doing already in our community. But I just wanted to blow some wind um, on what he's doing and really acknowledge, you know, light a match, spark that flame and let him have his way with the, with the DNA of this community and really push behind it. Give the yes of us community. Go, Jesus, be the city changer, you know, change culture here in Australia. Do what you can do and we will say yes to the big things that actually take a lot of daily tiny choices, small things, but there's big things that happen and we, we need the courage and the bravery that only comes from the fire of God. We need the power of God in our lives. And so I just wanna encourage you to hunger for the power of God, for his deep intimacy and the fear of God to obey. And I might just hand this over to Brad to sort of close it up and talk over any of the dynamics I may have missed. I bless you and I love you and I, don't like that I can't see your faces while I'm talking to you, but I at least see some of your comments and that'll be fun. So comment away, click to, 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 to what is the word? Click and subscribe. Oh man, I'm crashing nicely. I'm just going to give this to Brad now. I love you. Bye-bye. Awesome.
Well, bless you, Paradox family, and thank you, Rachel, for um, just that preparation uh, word for us. So, uh, as Rachel said, uh, we're going to be walking through um, with you uh, in that season, and uh, we've got some uh, stuff kind of happening uh, behind the scenes, some prep work, and, and the leaders uh, of the community are going to be working through some of that in the next week, um, but then it'll be starting the following Monday. So, uh, you know, it might be the first time you've ever done a fast. Uh, it, it, you know, might be a hundredth time, but uh, either way, um, you know, fasting, um, it isn't fun um, all the time, uh, but it's something really of, of just that, uh, the consecration of self uh, in order that we would uh, receive the greater that Jesus has for us. But it's that preparation time we really do feel, uh, again, as we're, um, as the transition comes and, uh, and uh, really just really expectant for, uh, for what will happen on, on the Pentecost Sunday. And, uh, and we'll let you know as well how um, things are changing as well and our ability for kind of smaller groups to get together within your life hubs and uh, we'll be in touch uh, more with that. But uh, thank you so much for, uh, for tuning in Paradox family and anyone else who's watching uh, around Australia, around the world. Uh, we bless you, uh, love you, and uh, just pray you have an amazing uh, day today. So bye-bye.